This is Double Yourselves with Barney Cohen, and it's Saturday morning at 9 o'clock in beautiful, uh, not downtown, but beautiful Seattle, a neighborhood in Seattle. Uh, I uh, do this every single morning, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday. And I do it every day, so I do it on holidays as well as regular days. So every single day I am going to broadcast at 9 in the morning, and uh, I will uh, make it every single day other than days where I have a challenging travel schedule and I uh, don't want to be doing this live on an airplane or, or something like that. On Saturday, I've started a, a series called Barney's Business Basics. Uh, and yesterday was, uh, last Saturday was my first one. And I, I talked about uh, what is a definition of a business. That's where I always start when I tackle any kind of problem is trying to define it. Uh, and that gives us some clues to uh, how to deal with business issues and how to roll up our sleeves and get to work on making and, and growing a business. Today I'd like to start uh, the first of three sessions on the key elements of a business. What are the necessary elements of a business? So just like a recipe, a business has ingredients that you have to put together, and when you put them together in the right way, voila, you have a nice uh, finished product. And so uh, a, a good simile or analogy might be uh, bread. Bread has three necessary elements. If you're going to make bread, you have to have flour, you have to have water, you have to have yeast. That doesn't mean that there aren't other things in the bread, but they aren't necessary. You can make bread with flour and water and yeast. Uh, I had somebody come up to me at one point and say, well, yeah, you don't really even need yeast. And the answer is, yeah, you do. Uh, if you don't have yeast, you have unleavened bread. In other words, the bread hasn't risen. There aren't those little air pockets in it. Uh, and it's not big and fluffy. It's flat and, and crisp like a cracker. Uh, I'm Jewish, and so every year we had matzahs uh, around Passover time uh, in the springtime. And I'm telling you, matzah is not bread. <laughs> it doesn't taste like bread or feel like bread. Uh, but uh, And it's made only from flour and water. And they call that unleavened bread. Uh, but to have bread, you have to have flour and water and yeast. And uh, with those three things, you can have bread. And without those three things, you can't have bread. So exactly the same thing is true for a business. When I say this to people, they're surprised because they don't realize that there's only three ingredients you need in a business. You get these three things and you can have a business. I'm not saying it's a great business. It could be a great business but it, and it could be an average business. But you will have a business if you have these three things. And the three things I'm going to address uh, in my next this session in my next two sessions. So element number one, the first thing you have to have if you're going to have a business is you have to have a product. You have to have something you can sell. I call anything you sell a product. And again, at times that's confused people because most people think of a product as something you can touch. So uh, I define product as one of three categories and it's useful to think about them because they all act and operate a little bit differently. So the most obvious product is a tangible product. That's something you can hold or touch. Uh, when you buy it and you buy it new, it immediately starts to get used. And as it gets used, at some point it will get used up. And some things get used up very quickly. Some things get used up slowly over time. Uh, but that is true of everything that's, that's physical. It starts uh, degrading. It starts losing its value. It starts... Uh, uh, going from the 
point at which it was new off uh, into the sunset uh, to the point at which it's no good anymore. So a tangible product is something you can hold or touch. Good examples would be your clothing is tangible, a car is tangible, you can touch it, um, uh, a piece of food, you know, an orange or an apple is tangible, a tube of toothpaste is tangible. Anything that you can touch and hold is tangible. Uh, so that's one kind of product. A second kind of product is an intangible product. You can't see it, you can't hold it, you can't smell it. It doesn't have any physical properties, but it does something for you. And so uh, an intangible product, there's thousands of them. Uh, a lot of us have great businesses around intangible products. I will give you two examples of intangible products so you see what I'm um, talking about and, uh, and uh, you, you should get the idea. So one type of uh, intangible product would be a service. A service is something you buy and somebody performs something for you um, uh, that, that, uh, that gives you some uh, benefit. And um, uh, uh, two good examples would be like insurance. Insurance is a service that someone does for you. You, you can't see it or touch it, but it sure is nice to have it when you need it. Uh, another good example of an intangible product would be a, a doctor's visit or any caregiver's visit, uh, going to the chiropractor or going to the yoga studio. Uh, you don't have something you can feel or touch, uh, although they may make you feel better mentally, uh, but these people are providing a service for you. When you're done, you don't have anything you can hold in your hand, uh, but they've done something that's improved your life. Uh, so that's a service. Another good example of an intangible product would be a license. A license is a permission to use something uh, that doesn't belong to you. So a good example, I was in the music business and music businesses lived and died with their licenses, uh, but the right to stream a song or to sing a song, that's generally granted by license. The song belongs to somebody else. The person who owns it is giving me the right to use it. I generally have to pay for that. Another good example that's somewhat related might be going to a concert or going to a movie. You don't own the movie. You don't own the performers in the concert. What you get when you buy a ticket to go see these things is the right to be there and experience it. And when you're done, you're done. The license is up. So it's a one-time license. There's examples of licenses that last longer than one time. There's all kinds of variations for all these things. And if we wanted to make a long list of tangible products, we could. If we wanted to make a long list of intangible products, we could. But uh, they're, they're, they're very different in their nature. And so it's an important distinction to make as we get further into this slow-moving master class because the way you present tangible products to a potential customer is different than the way you would present intangible products to a prospective customer. And then you have a third group of products, which I call a hybrid. These are products that have elements of each. There are some things about the product that's tangible. You can feel it or touch it. And there are some things about the product that are intangible. And uh, the first thing that always comes to mind for me is a restaurant meal. A restaurant meal has elements of a tangible product. There's food involved, which you can uh, uh, touch or taste. Uh, but the reason why you go to one restaurant or another is because the chef cooks really well or you like the ambiance or something 
about the uh, the that restaurant appeals to you, and that is something different than a, something that's tangible. Often those are intangibles, and so a restaurant meal is something you would pay for, and it has elements of both. It has both physical elements, and it has uh, which are tangible, and it has non-physical elements which are um, untangible. So. This is ingredient number one. If you've got this product, a product that you can sell, then you can have a business. You don't have a product, you don't have a business. You do have a product, you can have a business. Not a guarantee, uh, but just like if I've got some flour, it doesn't guarantee that I'm gonna get some bread. Uh, however, it's a damn good start. Uh, if I wanna make some bread, a really good place to start would be to get some flour. If you want to have a business, if you want to start a business, or you want to uh, improve your business, the very first place you start is with something to sell. And uh, almost every time I work with somebody, it's the first question I ask. Tell me what you sell. Tell me what your product is. It's the way I get to know you, and I can start figuring out how we can improve your business. So if you have a so-so a, a, a product, an average product, you can have an average business. It's very hard to have a good business if you don't have a good product. If you've got a good product, you can have a good business. And if you have a great product, you can have a great business. So let's dig into that a little bit. Let's talk about what makes an average product uh, a good product or a great product or a really great product. Uh, an average product is uh, you have something that people either want or need. Uh, people need clothes. If you make clothes uh, and that's all there is to it and you've got some so-so clothes, uh, you might be able to have an average business. If you have things that people want, even though they don't need it, if it's just, and that's all it is, they just want it, um, uh, you might have a so-so business. I mean, it might go well for a while, but you never know. Uh, uh, something that falls into this category would be a fad business. When I was uh, in my teenage years, the big fad was hula hoops. And so uh, somebody made a lot of money selling hula hoops for a very short period of time, but I call that an average business because uh, once the hula hoop craze died out, um, uh, uh, you know, there was no more business. The uh, hula hoops would be an example of something that people wanted, but that they didn't really need. Uh, a good business would be, uh, a good product would be a product where, um, you not only have something people need, but you also have something that people want. So you have, you have, you have something that people both want and need. Uh, sometimes you can come up with a product that people already want or need, and sometimes you would come up with a product that because you've introduced it into the marketplace, uh, people uh, want and need it uh, just because it's there. Um, the first thing that comes to mind uh, for uh, something that people want and, and need uh, is um, food. I mean, that's obvious. People want and need food. They've got to have food if they're going to survive, and they want it too. People like to eat. Uh, and, and that a need, that want and need was there before you were born. The, the uh, a good example of something that people want and need that's a fairly new product would be an iPhone. Uh, uh, 20 years ago, they didn't exist. Uh, today, people not only want them, but they need them. And uh, it'd be very hard to run your life um, for most Americans without a smartphone. So uh, 
the the uh, a good product is something that people want and need. Um, a really good product is something that people want and need, and you can sell lots of it. Uh, if you can only sell a few of something, it's hard to make a really good business. Uh, and so to make a really good business, you've got to have a really good product. And a really good product would be something that person after person after person would like to buy. Uh, and the, uh, I always say the proof is in the pudding. Uh, so you can just look around and see examples of that. If you were to take, let's start with the four biggest tech companies in the United States and in the world, uh, I think, uh, although I, I think there are companies in China that are creeping up on, 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 uh, on these companies, uh, but the four companies I'm talking about are uh, Apple and Google down in the uh, Silicon Valley and uh, Microsoft and Amazon up here in, in Seattle. Um, these four companies sell things that are relatively small. Each purchase from Amazon is a um, small purchase, most of them. Uh, each purchase from Microsoft is a, a license or a, a user's fee. They're relatively small. Um, uh, I guess the thing that's most expensive would be an iPhone, but Apple makes things that are less expensive than, than iPhones. Uh, and, uh, you know, Google, you hardly can tell that you're buying something from Google, the way most of us use it is to, is to do a search. Um, and uh, what they sell is advertising, and they sell advertising 50 cents and a dollar at a time. And uh, these are companies that sell things that are relatively inexpensive and uh, relatively plentiful, and they sell a lot of them. Uh, when you go over to the physical world, you'll see the same thing. Uh, I'll stick to, to companies that are, that are here in, in Seattle that have been around a while. Uh, Starbucks is a good example. The average Starbucks cup of coffee is two fifty or three dollars, unless you buy one of their specialty drinks. Uh, but you have to sell a whole bunch of things at three dollars in order to have a, a business the size of Starbucks, and that's what they've done. Another great big behemoth that we have up here is Costco. Uh, Costco uh, sells; uh, they sell large portions of things, but. Most of the things they sell cost 10 to $20, and some people go there to buy TVs, which cost more, and other things. But what I see most of people buying at Costco, because I go there pretty regularly and I, I watch other shoppers, most people are buying uh, consumer items that they'll uh, use up fairly quickly and that are in the 10 to $20 range. And so um, uh, one of the big draws at Costco is their hot dog and Coke deal for $1.50. And, uh, uh, they have to sell a whole bunch of hot dogs at $1.50 to build a business as big as Costco. And so the, the, the point here is that the way most businesses get to being very big businesses that dominate our life is they sell a whole bunch of things that don't cost too much money. So uh, there's variations on this. Of course, I can think of a very large company in Seattle called Boeing and they sell airplanes. They don't sell a whole lot of airplanes. It's just that each one they sell costs a whole lot of money. And of, of course, you can always find outliers. And if you want to get into a really good argument, I'm sure we could find that there's lots of ways to build a great business. But in general, the way you uh, find that you've got a really good product is that you've got something that you can sell a whole bunch of. Uh, and that is what makes a really good company if you have a really good product. 
So there's one more step in this that I think is really important, and that's a, a really good and then great product. What makes a product a great product? And that little extra thing that makes such a difference is that it's a product that you love. So if you have a product that you love, people want it, people need it, you can sell a whole bunch of it, and you love it, that makes even more of a difference and becomes uh, even more important to the success of your business. And I think you'll find uh, that now you have the, uh, the necessary pieces for having a great business. If you love your product, your customers will feel that. They'll feel it some way. I love helping people with their businesses. Most of my customers understand that I love doing this and that makes them feel good. And so it's the same thing is true um, for you. If you're selling something that you love, the person who's buying it from you will enjoy the experience. Why is that so important? Because it makes them much more likely to tell somebody else about what it is you're doing. And so your enthusiasm, your love of the product is what uh, uh, helps build your business. And so that's that last piece uh, when we look at a product. And, and that's, that's something I always ask people about. How do you feel about your product? And I love hearing people say that they love their product. When I hear that, then I know we've got the potential for a really good business. So that's my short introduction to products. Uh, you have to get this thing before you can have a business, and it's always the place I start. I never, ever start anywhere else with a company or with a person. I want to know what it is you are selling or are going to sell. If you can tell me that, I now have a lot of clues as to whether you are going to be able to build a great business or not. Next week, we'll go on to necessary element number two. There's a second thing we have to have if we're going to have a business, uh, and we will explore that next week. So join me next Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific, and we will dig into the second necessary element of running a business. Thanks for watching.